Hey everyone, welcome to the seventh episode of The Conscious Podcast. On this podcast, I caught up with a good friend of mine, Matthew Bate. Matthew is the co-founder of Seeds of Awareness, ex-professional AFL athlete, holistic nutritionist, wellness advocate, and a great guy with a lot of interesting self-awareness insights to share. We covered some really insightful topics in this conversation, including Matthew's experience with addiction, the journey to wholeness, how to surrender to the body for spiritual growth, being present and learning from each experience, plus a whole heap more. I loved picking his mind and hearing about his personal learnings. There's a heap of great points in this, so sit back, take some notes, and I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to The Conscious Pod. My name is Carlos Cirillo, and this is your place to cultivate wisdom, awareness, life insights to raise your being and become more conscious in your daily life. Before we start, I just want to give a quick shout out to a company I love so much, Snackbox Co. We founded Snackbox Co. in 2017 and our goal is to make healthy snacking simple and convenient. I love what we're doing and I believe this is one piece to help improve the big puzzle of health in Australia. And hey, who doesn't love a snack? If you want to see our range of delicious snack boxes for home, work or school, jump on to www.snackboxco.com.au forward slash brands and see what we've got on offer. Matt, how are you, man? Good, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's been happening? Oh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying uh, different sort of life up here in northern New South Wales yep. where you've come to visit. Thank yep. you for visiting. And we're up in <laughs> near Byron, so the town is called... Oh, we're in Suffolk Park. Suffolk yep, Park. Right near yep. Byron. Yep. Great place in Australia. It is. It's beautiful, yeah. So, made the venture up here from Melbourne about a year ago and, yeah, really enjoying it. Awesome. What made you move up here? Um... Uh, me and my girlfriend basically just wanted to go on a little bit of an adventure, try mm-hmm. living somewhere new, and um, yeah, probably got a little bit uh, sick of living in a bigger city, um, wanted somewhere a little bit quieter, wanted somewhere by the beach, yep. a bit warmer, <laughs> that was probably it, Play- playing too many football uh, games out in the freezing cold yeah. of Melbourne winter, I think I just couldn't handle it anymore, but um, no, I, I still absolutely love Melbourne and go go visit as much as I can. But um, yeah, we just sort of wanted to give it a go up here and really yeah. enjoying it so far. And the beaches are gorgeous here, as mm. we've been experiencing the past couple of days. So they are. I can see why you moved. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard to see, yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited about in life right now? Um, I think what I'm most excited about is... It's not really just one thing, but probably... Um, Working on myself and, and clearing away any things within my body or from my past that have sort of been sabotaging me and blocking me and, and learning to be more present and learning to um, find more joy in simple things. And um, so, yeah, I, I am certainly finding that. Is what, what is exciting me these days is just simple things. Mm-hmm. Just, um, just, you know, being being present and... Um, sort of uh, tapping into the joy that each present moment brings when you kind of like, you know, connect it in. And yeah. it, it can be as simple as a walk down the beach or it can be simple as, a, um, you know, connecting with a friend or enjoying a nice meal, um, all these sort of things. Um, I'm finding more and more joy in these things. So that's been really, really nice. And 
probably probably the project that I'm I'm also excited about is uh, Seeds of Awareness, yep. which, um, which is a project my girlfriend and I launched about a month ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, really excited about that too. Awesome. So it's it's being more present and enjoying the moment. Yeah, well, that that's essentially what um, Seeds of Awareness is is about, helping people come back to wholeness. And um, I mean, it's it, wholeness is something that's a little bit hard to uh, explain in like one sentence. Yep. Um, and but that's what this, you know, what we sort of want to invest a fair bit of time and energy into doing is helping people understand what wholeness is and why we've been fragmented away from it mm-hmm. and how. As a culture, you know, we've been conditioned to live in our heads and uh, view everything through the fragmented um, perception range of the head. And when the head is disconnected from the wisdom and the intelligence of the body, um, we become ruled by fear, we become ruled by anxiety, we become ruled by that monkey mind, incessant chatter that's always going on in the head. And... um, you know, I think that daily life becomes um, kind of miserable because we're constantly ruled by scarcity and fear and mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, we wake, I think Brene Brown, um, who uh, wrote the book, who's, who's a, um, I think she's a professor, does a lot of work on um, vulnerability. Yep. And she wrote a book, Daring Greatly, and, and she talks about how like we're so programmed to wake up. From the moment we wake up, we tell ourselves what we're lacking. We're, you know, we're, we wake up, we say, oh, I didn't have enough sleep last night. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go, you know, oh, I don't have the right food. Oh, I don't, I've got so much on today. Oh, I've, you know, I've, oh, I've, got a, I've got this ache in my body. Like we're just constantly reaffirming to ourselves what we're lacking. Yep. And... Whereas the body, I think what we've we've disconnected from massively in our culture is the body's intelligence, the body's awareness, um, and our intuition and our feelings. We sort of like try to think our way and analyze our way through everything, thinking that we can gain fulfillment and happiness in our life through just intellectually solving all our problems. Whereas um, what I think true fulfillment and true peace comes from is just surrendering back to the body and the body is anchored in the present moment the body is beyond the illusory construct of um time which is purely a head construct when you you actually think about time the future hasn't happened Mm -hmm. the past has already happened so neither of them right now actually exists they're completely illusory but that's the construct that the head lives in constantly living in the future and constantly living in the past and constantly out of the present. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think a lot of anxiety and a lot of fears arise from. Um, Whereas the body is anchored in this present moment, tuned into the energies that are happening right, right now. And um, I think, you know, I'm not demonizing the intellect and the analytical factors of the head. They're really, really um, important. Then I think there needs to be a balance, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's where that yin yang philosophy comes from. The Taoist um, symbol of yin yang—it's that balance between our male and female energies, mm-hmm. and you know they believe the male energies are, are in the head, where it's focused on like logic and structure and analyzing and intellect, whereas the female qualities of humanity lie in the gut. Yep. And that's our feeling centers, our emotion, our intuition, our sensitivity, our connection to nature, our perception of wholeness. And we're, you know, 
we're conditioned from a very young age. It starts in the schooling system, I think. Well, probably doesn't start there. It starts from learning from our family. Mm-hmm. But then in the schooling system, we're taught to stifle the body's energy, sit still, don't move, and only learn through bombarding the head with facts and knowledge yeah. and then repeating them and doing that five days a week, um, tw- you know, 10 hours a day, five days a week for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. So I think we've, we're totally too imbalanced into that masculine aspect of our um, of our consciousness, of our point of awareness. We're, we're just trapped in the head. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's sort of why, what sort of ties back into what, why I answered the first question the way I did is that when we come back into the body, we do find more joy in the present moment and we do transcend time. And, and you see people like, people get glimpses of this like when for example when we take people um for something as simple like when people come visit we often go throw the frisbee on the beach and the frisbee is a very embodying practice because it just gets you out of your head you're in your body you're just in the present moment and we'll be throwing and people will be laughing and having fun and totally out of their heads Mm -hmm. and always at the end of it you know everyone will be like wow i can't believe the time I can't believe how much time went by because you weren't, you were transcending time in that yep. moment. You were only in the moment. Mm-hmm. So time didn't exist. And so your perception of time gets all distorted. And it's the same when we take people on hikes. Um, and that's why, you know, nature emergence is so important. So, um, yeah, essentially, um, that's been a big focus of mine because I've still got a lot of work to do on myself <laughs> to get out of my head. It's not, I'm not, you know, saying that I've achieved this. Uh, but that's essentially what Seeds of Awareness is all about, yep. yeah, helping people with that process of getting out of the fragmented head and coming back to the wholeness of the body. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we've known each other for a while through doing uh, being in a company together and I've known a bit of your story. Uh, but for people that don't know you, what's a quick wrap-up of your past and what's gotten you to here <clears throat> today? Uh, yep. Uh, quick wrap up. So I was born and raised in Melbourne. Yep. For anyone who knows Melbourne, I grew up like out near the Yarra Valley in a little town called Wandon, uh, sort of out near Hillsville and mm-hmm. all those places. Beautiful country out there. I uh, moved close to the inner city. I was obsessed with footy, uh, Aussie rules that is. Um, my only ambition in life was to play professional footy from the age of like as long as I, as little as I can remember. And... Um, that obsession turned into a reality. I ended up um, making it into the professional leagues, played eight years, um, was lucky to play over 100 games with um, the Melbourne Demons. And then um, at the age of nearly 30, I finished football um, and then a year later decided to move up here to Byron Bay. Awesome. That's in a nutshell. Yeah, there's plenty more to it, obviously. Yeah. That's a nutshell. <laughs> Sweet. And what got you started into the journey into wellness and, and wholeness and all that type of mm. thing? Because you're also a holistic nutritionist. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's probably a bit I missed in that little wrap-up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, around about the age of 25, 26, you know, five, six years ago, I uh, was feeling a lot of um, disharmony in my body. Um, I was feeling a lot of aches and pains. I was playing professional sport at the time, so it was understandable, but... It was pretty chronic, the pain. I was like, you know, all over my body, from my back to my Achilles to my knees. And I was um, 
taking a lot of drugs, like a lot of anti-inflammatories, a lot of painkillers. Yep. I got um, quite addicted to sleeping pills uh, for a good eight, nine years um, as a result of just not being able to handle the stress and intensity of a professional sporting career and um, and being trapped massively in my head. Yep. <laughs> I can see that now. <laughs> I had no faith in my body and in life. Just, you know, was just trying to control everything and mm-hmm. that breeds a lot of anxiety and fear and um so i think i just became disillusioned with how i was feeling this became extremely disillusioned and started looking for alternatives um came across changes in my diet you know eating more natural foods raw foods alkaline foods um incorporating some intermittent fasting um you know, eating more organic, less processed foods. I found that had a major impact on on my health. You know, on my sleep and my energy levels. Uh, and that's and from that, I studied certificates in holistic nutrition with a um, via correspondence with a college over in America who who were teaching the curriculum that I wanted to learn. So that was yep. fantastic. More did that for the knowledge, um, but it also helped you know give me confidence to sort of start teaching to other people. And I ended up running a company called 365 days of wholeness with a friend tegan Steele. we ran uh, we ran retreats in bali and here in australia and we ran like nine or ten of them which was really great we released a book um in 2015 which i've got on my website seedsofawareness.com.au and um but i think what happened is i sort of hit a limit with all that stuff um, which I, I still think is crucially important, you know, what we eat and what we put in our body and how we look after ourselves. However, I, I think I was neglecting the emotional healing um, and that that real um, deep spiritual kind of like the focus on spiritual growth. And uh, I realized that as disciplined as I was trying to be with certain things, I would constantly keep sab- uh, sabotaging myself. Yep. And find it really difficult and find that I didn't have the willpower to keep doing these things, you know, to keep being disciplined in these certain areas, whether it be diet or health. And I'd sort of like, you know, find that I would struggle with it and I'd go, you know, go out partying for a couple of weeks and binge on food and alcohol and uh, just do things that weren't really in alignment with my core beliefs and and. So that went on long enough for me to be like, okay, I think that there's some things under the surface within myself that I need to need to address. So that I'm I'm kind of distracting myself away from. I'm I'm sort of focusing on all on my business and all these things, but I don't think I've given myself the time to actually stop and be like, what traumas are within me? What things are within me that are stopping my progress? That yep. really need some time and space for me to actually focus on. And so, I basically, yeah, I basically stopped doing everything I was doing yeah. <laughs> and I gave myself eight, nine months off for when I first moved up here just to focus on my own personal healing and um, and so that's where I've sort of developed the passion for um, the stuff we talk about in Seeds of Awareness and, and through that kind of sincere asking or that sincere desire to know myself on a deeper level kind of attracted some really amazing mentors and amazing things which I think I think that's certainly how it works when you sincerely ask the universe 
and trust and surrender, um, it does speak to you. And, and probably the first book that really opened my eyes to that was The Alchemist. Yep. I read when I was younger. Great book. Yeah, how, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how we how we can communicate to the universe, but we just need to know it's la- we need to understand its language and how it communicates back to us. And so I think oftentimes life, you know, gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And we have all these wants, so it could be, you know, certain make a certain amount of money or a career mm-hmm. or tick off goals and all these sort of things. And you've got this ambition and you really focused on it, yet there's stuff under the surface that still needs working on that you're avoiding because you're so focused on these other things and you think these things are going to bring you fulfillment and happiness and all these sort of things. Whereas the universe can see the bigger picture or, you know, whether it's your soul speaking to you, whatever you want to believe. And so I think that what often it provides us is challenges and suffering as a ways to sort of wake us up to ourselves and we the more we resist these the more we fight against it um the harder it gets because we're we're demonstrating the universe that we're not learning our lessons that we're not we're not opening ourselves up to change and we're not being humble and we've got our own agenda that we're trying to force onto life Mm -hmm. And that's that's the male aspect of consciousness in the head. That's when we're disconnected from the female within us. And this has nothing to do with gender, by the way, before anyone misconstrues yeah. that. <laughs> the both, energies. <laughs> it's the energies. Both male and female humans have these male and female energies within them. That's what the yin-yang represents. And I noticed myself this... Um, this uh, tendency to always align with the more male aspect of consciousness and believe, be rigid in my plan and be rigid in how I wanted things to work out. And it wasn't until I started learning to surrender back to my inner female energies, which are connected into the flow of life. Mm-hmm. So your inner female is connected into the flow of the universe. And so with the universe, you don't know where it's going to take you. You don't know where life's going to take you. It's like you're, It's like you're in a river, you know, and you can't resist that river or you'll burn yourself out. And there might be calm parts and there might be rapids and you might go down a waterfall <laughs> that's 100 meters high. <laughs> you might think everything's lost and all these sort of things. But, you know, if you just trust and flow with it, it's always taking you in this upwards direction of your personal yeah. and spiritual growth. So, um, you know, as I sort of learn to more surrender into that, um, and trust into life and the universe, it did start revealing to me things within myself that were um, that I was holding on to from the past and traumas and conditioning and fears and anxieties that to come back home into the body, you've, you've got to work through one by one yep. because they're, they're blocking your access to the body yep. because... Um, and and there are things from the past that you've you and your ego have moved on from, but your body remembers. So, and that's what um, Carl Jung coined as um, doing shadow work. Work the famous psychologist um, who did amazing uh, work on the shadow self, the things that lie within our shadow, the unconscious parts of ourselves that we ignore and deny, mm-hmm. but keep sabotaging ourselves. Um, because we're ignoring them, like because they're a part of ourselves, we are th- this duality, this yin yang is exists in everything: hot, cold, up, down, 
good, bad, evil, love, and also light and dark. And we've got light and dark within ourselves, but we tend to avoid the darkness thinking that by avoiding it within ourselves, we can ignore it and it'll go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's an absolute fantasy. And once again, that's the fantasy of the inner male, of the head, who thinks he can control everything, who thinks he can manage everything and dominate everything and get everything to submit to him. Whereas the inner female surrenders to that darkness and embraces it and integrates it back into the whole and doesn't judge or shame herself about it, but just completely surrenders. So anyway, I don't even know where we began with yeah. this conversation, but I hopefully think, that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff will resonate with people because I see a lot in myself and in other people that in society and in our community that we, we avoid those challenges mm. that are trying to test us and trying to help us grow and become more aware of ourself. And by doing that, it's just compounding the, I guess, the... That inner... Uh, you said it before, the... I guess those challenges just grow. Yeah. And over time, they're just going to grow and it's going to come to a point where it's really bad and it's like, well, why don't, why don't you focus on that stuff now? Why yep. not address it now? And that's why I see it's so beneficial that you're releasing content like this. Mm. Seeds of awareness, getting it out there to people to understand it and it's okay because in our society, especially the masculine uh, ego on things is mm-hmm. I don't want to touch those emotions. Yeah. I don't want to release those things. I don't want people to know. I don't want to work on myself. I just want to work on mm-hmm. my work mm-hmm. or um, whether it's in sport or anything like that. And I know for myself, it was I avoided a lot of those things because I went, well, I'm going to go train. Yep. I'm going to go play soccer yep. and get the best I can at that. Wasn't focusing on my my nutrition. And I was like, you know, what I'm eating is okay, but if I train harder, I'll get better. And it comes back to that whole wellness and wholeness yep. of it's it's everything. Yep. Everything plays its part. And if you're focusing on the wholeness and you're, you're uncovering everything, that's when you're going to progress. Mm-hmm. You're going to see those in- incremental progression that's going to compound and create a better life for you. Yeah, no, you're spot on. And I think I, I sort of the analogy I look at it is like you can either like if you're humble and you're surrendered to life and you're trusting in life and you're open to change, mm. all the things which the inner male doesn't like to do, the inner male energies, when, and when I say the inner male, I mean the inner male that's disconnected from the female because when they're in harmony the male brings amazing strength and honor and focus and determination. He's, he's a, he's a crucial aspect of our inner being, but when disconnected, he becomes attached to the ego Mm -hmm. and the ego needs to control everything. And the ego doesn't like to show vulnerability. It doesn't like to, it doesn't like to be proven wrong. Um, and this is also not to demonize the ego. The ego, some you know, when I hear spiritual teachers talk about, oh, we need to kill the ego or destroy the ego or whatever, like the ego is important. It's yeah. the ego. I define the ego as just our name, our beliefs about ourselves, yeah. our titles. Gives us, you know, structure. It allows us to communicate with each other. Like me as Matthew, as a male who's thirty, nearly thirty-one, and I'm done these things and I've got this story these are all my ego construct that allows me to communicate to Carlo you know with your story and your beliefs Um, but the problem is when ego is disconnected from the inner female that surrendered part of ourselves it tries to control everything and it tries to manage everything and and that's where all our anxiety and fear comes from because you can't control everything and so 
I think life is always trying to bring us back to a place of wholeness. And so it'll bring us the situations we need. We'll attract the situations we need in our lives to bring us back to wholeness. And we can either allow life to give us a little bit of a tickle of the fe- from a feather on the neck just to wake us up. Hey, just a little reminder. You need uh, <laughs> a few little areas there. You're being yeah. a bit rigid in and need to kind of, you know, chill out a bit. Or we can... Um, it might require that life gives us a hit over the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people require and that's what a lot of people get. And it can come in the form of disease or illness. It can come in the form of suffering, depression. Um, it can come in the form of addictions. Yeah. It can come in the form of all sorts of things. And there's one guy, Dr. Gabor Mate, who I love. He's a He's a doctor and... He's worked with the the most full-on addicts of the most full-on addicts. Like he's gone deep into the trenches, this dude. And he's in his seventies, and he he believes addiction uh, is a spiritual is a calling from our soul to bring us back to who we truly are, to awaken us back to who we truly are. And I believe I can see now with my addiction to sleeping pills that it pummeled me into submission this addiction i i tried for eight to ten years believing that i could control this i could find strategy out of this and it wasn't until it it backed me into a corner where the only the only choice i had was to surrender Mm -hmm. to die or surrender and just to embrace this part of myself and find out what my body was trying to communicate to me and some, but some people are so locked into their ego and so locked into their yeah. um, stubbornness that they will die before <laughs> before humbling themselves and, mm-hmm. and surrendering. And it's challenging, especially when it's family or friends or things like that. Um, but essentially, um, <clears throat> the more we can open ourselves up and humble ourselves and admit that we don't understand everything and admit that we're confused and admit that we're afraid and admit that we've got these traumas yep. that we're holding on to because I, I, th- I personally think I, I can't remember who said this but oh, someone I follow said I don't think any adult makes it to, or any person makes it to adulthood in this society without being traumatized in some way and I really believe that because we're so sensitive as kids. We're so sensitive. And so even dysfunction in your family, even bullying, even a teacher saying a certain thing to you, even being told no mm-hmm. can traumatize you as a kid when you're just pure love, when you're just pure openness, pure everything. Yeah. And you just want to be loved and accepted. And so what we don't realize though is that when we grow older, we still have that pureness in us. We still have that amazing inner child who's innocent and pure and sweet and just wants to be loved and accepted but we close it down with all this emotional armor and our all the stories we tell ourselves being in our head being in our head yeah and and then because we're disconnected from that inner true self we we've got this big hole in our being that we need to fill with all this external stuff so we go and, and because we're craving validation our inner child is craving validation that is suppressed deep into our shadow we've just blocked it out but it's down there asking for some attention and love so we think okay well you know that's when our society societal conditioning comes in we think well the only way to get love is to make lots of money or the only way to get love is to go have lots of sex or go party or the only way to get love is to prove my worth to everyone by achieving all these things and 
I've got nothing against achieving lots of things, <laughs> but often we do it as a way to distract ourselves from what's truly going on under the surface. But it, And it can be really scary for people. I think what's happened is we've been trapped in the head with all its fears for so long that it's created like a Stockholm Syndrome. So I don't know if you know what mm-hmm. Stockholm Syndrome yep. is. It's where like a uh, captive is like kept captive for so long that it's afraid to leave its captivity. That becomes the way of life. It becomes the, the way of life, yeah. yeah. And so I think we've been held captive in our head with its fear-based prison walls for so long since we were so little that we're afraid to we're afraid to surrender we're afraid to trust the body we're afraid to trust life but what we don't realize is that's where we're met that's our that's our home wholeness and surrender is our home it's where we're it's our natural state of being and you do when you're there find so much joy in each present moment and so much joy in simple things in just living and just being human and just being a human being not having to do all the time and prove yourself through doing and and because most people are so constantly on edge like they're constantly needing to like they're constantly thinking about the next thing they've got to do never present and then and, you know social media and mobile phone addictions made that 10 times worse and it's all it's all feeding into our desire to avoid our inner self and um, but and I think people are afraid to surrender to their inner darkness as well. They're afraid to admit that they've got a shadow. But what what people what we're trying to do with seeds of awareness is help people realize that the joy that they're truly craving is in wholeness, is in surrendering back to the body and back to life. And un- however, that takes work. <laughs> it, it takes a hell of a lot of work, and it is fucking you mind if I swear sorry it's fine it is fucking messy <laughs> I couldn't find a more emphatic yeah. word it, is, it can be really messy yeah. and I've, I've myself have needed some professional help with it yeah. um, you know I've, I've been getting therapy for some old childhood wounds and things like that and going back there into the body can be full on and it and I can understand why people don't want to do it but it's for me it's more full on carrying being locked in the prison of the head and it's just like how you know, for the rest of our lives, ruled by its fear and anxiety, and it's just how you know Morpheus in the Matrix. That movie has so many good analogies, and and he says to Neo, Neo, you're I, this is paraphrasing big yeah. time, but <laughs> Neo, you're living in a prison for your mind. Uh, um, <clears throat> you're stuck in a prison that you can't see, touch, feel, or whatever. You remember that part? Yeah. I'm I'm not quoting it very well, but you get the point. And that's what we're in. When we're disconnected from wholeness, when we're disconnected from our inner female energies and from the universe and from our hearts as well, then we're ruled by the fears of the head that sees itself as separate from everything. And um, so, yeah. So have you yourself, Carlo, had experiences where... Like, can you relate to what I'm saying there in terms of life giving you what you need? You know, whether it's a tickle of the feather or whether it's a hit overhead with a sledgehammer. Have you had moments like of life sort of humbling you? Or, I mean, you're only you're only quite young, aren't you? Yeah, 23. Yeah. So I, it's quite. I, I find it amazing that you're talking about these things and you know having discussions with people about these things. It's amazing because at 23, I was just about footy career yeah. girls and drinking beer <laughs> um but yeah do, have you got any sort of like stories that you can relate to that yeah well 
when you were talking about the stuff before, it kept bringing back to from the alchemist, it was all those challenges I've seen as omens in life. And there, like you were saying, like the universe, um, all those energies bring that about to teach you a lesson. Yeah. And as it says, uh, Paolo, Paolo Coelho's, the alchemist, it's their omens in life. You're, you've got to realize these things. Whether you go left or right from that is totally up to you. There's no right or wrong there. But it's realizing that these are a lesson. And you've got to learn from that. And man, there's, there's so many that I could talk about. Yeah. Um, one could even be, you know, the fact of being having no money. So being mm-hmm. overseas, having no money, stealing from supermarkets. Mm-hmm. It was like the moment where doing it and then having that kind of that awakening where it's like, hang on, that's not you. Like, why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, you are okay. You're not in a poverty country. It's not like, yes, I may have had no money in my account, but I did have parents that, that could send me money type yep. thing um, on different levels. It might have been an injury. So from sport, I, I put everything into soccer, chasing the dream of being a professional. And the reasons were to make a lot of money, to be famous, mm-hmm. and thinking that everyone, you know, you'd be someone mm-hmm. if you made it. And then having the injuries that I had, it was like, well, you know, maybe maybe it's not all about that. Maybe it's about something else. And then different businesses that I've been a part with, yeah. uh, been involved with, and seeing that there was that, I'd get to a point and then I'd <clears throat> sabotage myself. Mm. I'd, um, especially with soccer, like I'd, I'd train so much and then I'd, I'd not do that extra work. I'd mm-hmm. be like, no, I'm at this point. I'm fine. I'm good. Like I can't get any better. Mm-hmm. And that's never the case. Like you, you're always working on growing and, and becoming a better person. And I think that it, it does come down to noticing these things, mm-hmm. being grateful for these things because it is a part of life, but then noticing them and taking action yep. on them. You just you just triggered my memory of a um, of a way that the shadow self, when it's unacknowledged, can sabotage you. You know, later in life, like for example, when I grew up playing football, you know, it was purely for the joy of playing football. Like I, I just absolutely loved it. I was obsessed with football. I'd have a football in my hand. I'd take one into the toilet. I'd like I couldn't be separated from a football. And as I, however you know, after going through high school and, and going through family dysfunction and, um, you know, bullying in school and all these sort of things, football started to become a way for me to achieve. Escape. Not so much escape for me, but it was more my way of thinking if I achieve great things in this, then I'll receive the love and validation yeah. that I'm craving. And, you know, what I'm talking about here is an unconscious thought pattern like I wasn't consciously aware of this at the time I was just responding to this I was yep. just like okay let's just go after footy I really want to play footy I want to make lots of I want to be professional I want to like make lots of money I want everyone to watch me on TV mm-hmm. and not consciously thinking these thoughts but they're there in the background and so when I did make it um, it I attached all my validation and worth to this career Yeah, you know I, I thought that people would either like or not like me, love or hate me based on my on-field performances or based on what I did on the footy field. And so what that does is that I became deeply, deeply attached to controlling the outcome of what happened in my footy career. I had to make this work. It was life or death. I had to be successful in this. And what happens when we deeply attach to an outcome, because the truth of the matter is life, the universe, whatever, 
my higher self might have a certain, a different plan for me, a different layout of my life that is actually, you know, my more closely aligned to my purpose here, mm-hmm. but I won't surrender to where it's taking me if I'm fully committed to controlling the outcome of this career because I believe that I need to make this work or yeah. I won't be worthy of people's love and attention and validation. And that's where I realized my, you know, my sleeping pill addiction started because I would get so much anxiety at night about yeah. not sleeping, the about pressure. not performing, the yeah. pressure about the, not only the pressure of, you know, being in a professional environment, but the pressure I'd put on myself. Yeah, self-pressure, yeah. Um, you know, it developed into a full-blown sleeping pill addiction and um, and then I would, you know, party, you know, need a big release from the tension and pressure I'd put myself at each at end of each season and go out and get wild drunk at footy trips and, you know, in the off-season and all these sort of things. And I would get anxiety about my performance. I could never turn my mind off. I was constantly thinking about what I did at training, what that person said to me, what the coach said to me, what their body language was like. It was horrible. It was just never ending mm. and this eventually had burnt me out I couldn't keep living this way anymore but it all stemmed from the fact that I was so obsessed with controlling the outcome I was so attached to the outcome because my all of my self-worth was dependent on this outcome and this this you know traced back to childhood wounds that I was carrying where early on in life you know experiencing bullying experiencing family dysfunction experiencing various things caused me to form this belief early on in life that I'm not worthy of love. Yep. That um, I need to prove myself to people in order to be worthy, to be accepted. And so deep down, my inner child just wanted to be accepted. Yep. But I'd attached this career as being my ticket to that acceptance and love. And so that's a that's a good example in my life how you know, that was that wound that I was carrying from childhood was there in my shadow self, unconscious to me and suppressed and repressed because I was afraid of showing vulnerability. I was afraid of being seen as weak or anything like that by by showing that I had these fears under the surface of not being loved and accepted. And, um, you know, that's a good example that even though you think you've ignored it and it's gone away and you've moved on with life and you're an adult now and you're doing all these adult things and that in a child doesn't mean anything it's still there yeah. and life's going to come it, throw it in your face yeah and it will keep coming <laughs> it will keep coming up to reveal itself to you through the body yeah. life will try to show you that it's there in many different ways all sorts of different suffering <laughs> until you go okay yeah. i'm ready to surrender i'm ready to work on that i'm ready to reveal that to the world and allow this to be healed so yeah, that's hopefully that you know that that's an example in my life how mm. um, a whole career was based around on this on this one core belief that I'm not worthy. Mm. And it's quite concerning that people could go on their whole life into adulthood, have children, and still have these traumas undealt with, mm. and suffer in that kind of a jail of their mind mm-hmm. for their whole life, yep. and not be able to find that fulfillment yep. or or live that life where they're actually enjoying yep. and they're surrendering to what's happening yep. and having that ultimate enjoyment. And it's also why we're such an addicted society because when in a state of wholeness or when I've had glimpses of being this wholeness, you know, deeply connected in my body in this deeply surrendered state, the joy and peace you feel is profound. It really is. 
It's this profound acceptance of what is and a profound surrender to wherever your life goes. You're okay with that, with everything, even with dying. It's all part of the flow. And um, I think we, you know, this wholeness, this peace is something we're craving. We intuitively know that that's our true state, but we've been disconnected from it for so long and trapped in, as you said, the jail of the head for so long, ruled by these prison walls of fear and anxiety for so long that we just crave some relief from it. We crave temporary relief. And so, and our Western culture is designed to prey on that desire for relief. It will provide us that relief through junk food, through drugs, through sex, through porn, through social media addiction, through gossiping, through alcohol, through partying. There's, there's, a million and one ways and there's no this is not coming from a place of judgment I've I've ticked the box of basically every one of them yeah. at certain stages and but it's more just demonstrating to us that this craving for relief that we're all after is is showing us that there's a part of us craving wholeness the peace and joy and surrender that comes from wholeness because you know when someone does a line of cocaine they get 30 minutes to 60 minutes of relief from their inner stress. When someone drinks alcohol, they get temporary relief. When someone takes MDMA, they get temporary relief from their inner strain and stress and fears. And, but the problem with these, and I've got nothing against these, you know, for some people, they can actually be really beneficial in some ways. But the problem is, is that you crash back down to, you know, you crash back down and probably even worse than where you began because you've got to come down to deal with. And it's the same with food, you know. You can get temporary relief by eating a big burger and chips and and Coke, but then you've got the come down. Yeah. So we'll keep perpetuating this cycle of artificial relief and then come downs and then more artificial relief and come downs for our entire life until we... We're ready to surrender to wholeness. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's not. It's as I said, it's not as easy as just going. Ah, oh, surrendered to wholeness. <laughs> I'm done. I'm peace. It's working through the things yep. within us that are blocking that access to wholeness. The traumas, the fears, the yep. things that lie in the shadow. Yeah. Very interesting. And where can people start? Um. Well, the starting point is honestly just sincerely asking for support and just you don't like necessarily have to say I'm asking for support it's just by humbling yourself and opening yourself up to allow the universe to bring things to you to to provide things to you that are what you need for your development and it's so unique to each person. So I can't say to a person, read this book or go see this therapist or go talk to this person or read these affirmations or go do this. You can't say that because each person's soul journey is completely unique to them. Yeah. And all, um, but the one starting place is to humble yourself and sincerely ask like sincerely ask the universe that I'm willing to be shown whatever within myself needs to be cleared needs to be resolved needs to be worked on and and I'm sincerely ready to go into that yep. 
whatever it brings up. And if you're not ready for that, don't ask because yep. it doesn't, there's no right or wrong about being ready or not. Like, um, it's just a matter of what people's, you know, what people's desires are. Yep. Um, and sometimes we need to go through the chasing money and the, the ego stuff to get to that place where it's important to actually go through that. Like I look at my 10 years of chasing career and, and, you know, being highly ambitious is an important part of my journey. Um, so it's, um, yeah. And all we can do though, as, as people who are helping other people is plant seeds of awareness, which is exactly why we named our project seeds of awareness, because all you can do is, lead by example and be as authentic to yourself as you can be yeah. and everyone who comes in with vicinity everyone who comes and hears your voice and feels yeah. the vibration of you that plants a seed of awareness in their consciousness and like who knows like anyone who has an an awakening a, a spiritual awakening or whatever the seed for that awakening might have been planted 15 years ago by someone or something they read or something they did or some experience they had and that yeah. seed's been lying dormant until something triggered its awakening and that's what happens in nature. You know, if you plant a seed in the ground, that seed can lay dormant for decades until the right conditions come along, mm-hmm. the right water, the right temperature, whatever, and then it will sprout up and grow. Yeah. So this whole idea that like, you know, having gurus and people tell other people how to live and what plan they need to follow, I personally think it's a load of crap <laughs> because what worked for you may not work for other people. It's so unique. We're all here on our own unique soul journey. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the only answer I can really give to that. Yeah, love that. And I think like listening back on that, it, it brings up to me that um, some things that I've had in conversations recently with people is let your life influence and inspire others. You don't need to force anything upon anyone because mm-hmm. like you said, it's all unique to everyone. So do what you've got to do. Do what feels right to you and what's at the time ready for you, whether yep. you are surrendering and going through these <clears throat> these changes and then let that inspire other people. Yeah, exactly. Because they've got to wait for their time yep. or like, yeah, they've just got to wait for what feels right for them. It's so true because... The thing is, like, if you actually try to force an awakening or force a development of someone before they're ready, it can actually knock them back quite a few steps. Yeah. It's actually, um, it's quite inconsiderate and negligent in some ways because when you're not ready to receive something, it's not going to be received. Yeah. And it, if anything, it, it triggers cognitive dissonance. Which yeah. For anyone who you won't want to go near anything yeah. that's like that. Yeah. Totally. So, what for anyone who doesn't know what cognitive dissonance is, it's where an information you're receiving or something you're hearing or seeing or see or receiving conflicts so greatly with your currently held belief systems or framework of the world that it sends your mind into massive dissonance and brings up heaps of uncomfortable emotions. Really, un- cognitive dissonance brings up a lot of discomfort in people. And so, yeah, if you talk about something someone's not ready to hear or like, or you do it in a way that's forcing it on them and it brings up cognitive dissonance, as you said, they, they might not want to touch that subject again for, for another 20 years. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's important just to plant seeds. That's yeah. all we can do. Plant seeds and then help those seeds grow by being a supportive, nurturing person you know a a supporting nurturing energy because that's what a seed needs this needs a nurturing environment a nurturing amount of water a nurturing amount of soil a nurturing amount of sunlight and it grows all we need to do is nurture the seeds and um just by being an authentic human i think yeah love that 
What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? <clears throat> or your favourite bit of advice you've been given? Hmm, I'm really, really terrible with these sort of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a great memory. Um, best bit of advice. I think the best bit of advice I've ever been given would be to trust my inner guidance. Because we are in a world where from the moment we're born, we have everything externally telling us what to do and what path to take. It starts with our family, it starts with our friends, it starts with the school, it goes to the schooling system, the media, politicians. Especially the marketing. Marketing, yep. Definitely. Influential. All these factors and forces in our culture influencing us on both conscious and unconscious levels deeply. And so what that does is it disconnects us from our inner guidance. We've actually got inner guidance, which is the female aspect of our consciousness, yep. the, the intuition, the gut instincts, and the heart knowing. You know, And we've, got, we've actually, the latest in neuroscience is proving we've got three brains in the body. This whole trust intelligence of the body isn't just wishy-washy stuff, you know. It's actually grounded in neuroscience. They've found there's a gut brain that thinks for itself. They've found heart math. They've done a ridiculous research on the heart. How this stuff is in mainstream, God knows. Possibly certain powers that they believe yep. they be do not want this. Don't want it to now. happen. That's that's not where the money is. Oh, <laughs> because the heart has a brain, and it actually has. I think the heart math have proven that it's got neural circuitry more complex than the brain in the head and it's there's in fact more neural pathways going from the heart to the brain than the other way around so your head brain is receiving more information from your heart brain than the other way around that's quite profound so these three brains are working are meant to be working in harmony to create provide us with this inner guidance like for example if you were if if i just um, if if you weren't taught, when, if you didn't go to school, if you didn't have any of the conditioning of Western culture, and you know, I threw you in in a jungle, you would, it, it, you know, it would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> but you would have inner guidance telling you what to do. Find food. You would you would know. Yeah. Your body knows. It's we've survived over millions of years because we know what to do. We have instincts and intuition and and knowing intelligence of the body. And there's this book called Original Wisdom. Um, by Ro- a psychologist called Robert Wolf, who went and lived with a, a tribal culture in um, in, in Malay- Malaysia, I think, and he said their knowing intelligence was ridiculous. That the things they know that they shouldn't know is really profound. I recommend anyone reading that book. So we have this inner guidance in us that we're totally disconnected from because we've been so conditioned to live in the head and listen. The the head is disconnected from inner guidance. So it listens to external roadmaps telling us what to do. And then we don't feel worthy if we live up to those plans. So we all, however, it doesn't matter what our parents have done. It doesn't matter what I've done or what you've done or what anyone's done, your journey is completely unique to you. And it's only your inner guidance that can direct you with where where you need to go. So the best advice I've ever been given is to clear everything away that's blocking your inner guidance from speaking to you and listen to it. (laughs) Trust it. Surrender. Yeah. What advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? Um... Well, if I was there in a room with my 16-year-old self, I think that 
I would clearly see beyond all the punky attitude of a 16-year-old and <laughs> thinking I knew everything. Knew everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would know that deep down all I wanted was love and connection and to feel that I was uh, making people proud around me. And so I would just put my arm around myself and let myself know that I'm doing great, that you're doing amazingly and that you're awesome as you are. And let's go have a kick of the footy. Yeah. I think a lot of people need that message. They need to know that you, you're doing amazing. You, yeah. yeah you, you've, you're figuring it out. Yep. And, we, and the most important people we need to hear it from is ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, I think we've already touched on, you know, a big problem in society that you think should be talked about more would be that awareness. Would you say that would be your answer to that one? What awareness, sorry? Uh, a, a problem in society that you think needs to be talked about more. Um. Yeah. See, what the way I look at it is that there are so many issues in society. You can look. Basically, every industry is distorted in some way and corrupt in some way, and it can be overwhelming. And mm. you get. I mean, we don't. And if you're not aware of it, you will get reminded tonight on the nightly news. <laughs> That's what it's designed for: <laughs> the pummel fear down your head. All the external stuff. Yeah. And so, what happens is, is we get caught into this delusion that if we fix all of this outer stuff that we see in the world that we're going to be happy and that we're going to be at peace and all these, you know, the world's going to be fixed. But there's this deep core underlying issue, which is that where the framework we're experiencing reality from is distorted itself. So like we're viewing all these things through the head and not through the wholeness of our entire body intelligence, which is this wound this wound between our head and our body is what Philip Shepard, who I talk a lot about on our website, declares as the primary wound of humanity. And so I'm like, well, these external things need focus. Activism's crucial and all these sort of things. I'm not denying that. We need to play our part. but uh, And we can do that in our everyday life through you know, whether it be what we eat, what we choose to buy, what we, how we, you know, avoiding plastics and you know, only choosing ethical companies and voting with our dollar and all these sort of things and yep. getting behind movements and all these sort of things and and speaking out about things. However, we are doing these things but also avoiding our primary wound. Yep. The work needs to be done on both. And because also um, people, who under, people who've delved into the nature of reality of quantum physics, um, you know, will see, will understand that our emotions and our feelings and our perceptions actually determine this reality. We're, we're co-creators in this reality. And so if we're viewing this world through a, the fear-based, head-centric, anxiety-riddled head alone, disconnected from our wholeness, then it's very likely we're going to create that sort of world. So this external stuff is, you know, you, you can find a billion problems with the world but this one core wound also needs to be a, a crucial aspect of our focus, I think. And, the, and another analogy I use is like if you can imagine you got a cut on your arm and that arm got infected and that's your primary wound on your body right now, that infected wound on your arm. And that infection spread throughout your body and it created imbalances all in your body. It created sickness, nausea, tiredness, yep. you know, all these sorts of things. 
and you started focusing on all these symptoms. Oh, I've got to take this for the, for the nausea and I've got to do this for the fatigue and I've got to do this. All the while avoiding cleaning up this primary wound on your arm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, the, we've got to focus. You've got to take care of the symptoms. We've got to focus on them. But we've also got to pay massive attention to this primary wound. So the point of seed of awareness is sort of like my waving the flag at people being like, guys, it's great everything we're doing, but there's this huge thing here that needs addressing. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard though because what Philip Shepard says is that because we've been disconnected from wholeness for so long, not only in our own lives, but as a, as a culture, you know, he says we started living up towards the head, moving up towards the head about 6,000 years ago. You can see in our literature and our art and architecture, mm-hmm. whereas before that we experienced the world down in the feeling centers of the gut. But he um, says that because we've been disconnected from wholeness for so long, we're whole blind. We're blind to what wholeness is. It's it's not there for us. Yeah. We've disconnected so much that it's not there. So this project of mine is to kind of attempt in the best way I can to wave the flag mm-hmm. and try to help guide people back there at the same time as I'm trying to guide myself. Yeah. I've got to, I can't stress enough that I'm not I'm not in a whole state. In fact I don't I think living in our Western culture that's so head centric, it's nearly impossible to be in a completely surrendered whole state. But you've just got to do the best you can. Yeah. And you're working on it. Exactly. Constantly working on it. And it's better if we're working on it together because it you know, I think when we're in a community and we're more vulnerable and we're working with each other together and we feel safe and protected and supported, it's so much easier. So that's what this project's all about. Um, and But also only, you know, doing it, only trying to reach the people who are kind of interested. Yeah. Not everyone is and not everyone needs to be. It's like everyone's on their own unique path. There's no right or wrong. Some people need to go live in their head for a, a decade or a lifetime or two and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> figure out that maybe that's not what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Um, one key question I like asking people is what's the worst thing that's happened to you and how is that the best thing that's happened to you? <clears throat> mm, love that question. Um, mm, there's been so many examples of that in my <laughs> life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would say it would have to be the sleeping pill addiction because for so many years, like, I... I was so gripped in that, like taking a sleeping pill nearly every night. And it, what it does is it builds up in your system and you you lose every morning you wake up and you're groggy and you this like it's early afternoon before it starts getting out of your bloodstream and you start thinking clearly again and everything's a grind and your body feels uncomfortable and you swear you're not going to do it that night and then that night comes and I do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this feeling of like, oh my God, I am... I'm hopeless. Like you start getting the negative self-talk. Like I, I'm, te- I'm pathetic. I can't even control this aspect yeah. of myself. And you don't want to talk about it to anyone because you feel so much shame about it. And so gripped in this like horrible addiction for so many years that I was silently, you know, going about because I was just so afraid of being judged about it. it was pretty horrific at the time, and it's like being enslaved by something and with sleeping pills they're one of the worst because what happens is when you first and when you've had them for a long time and you stop having them you get what's called rebound insomnia where there's the most crippling anxiety you've ever experienced hits you while you're trying to sleep naturally that night 
and the it, it can last for about a week and you barely sleep for a whole week while they're getting out of your system. So it's like really fucked. It's like not nice. And so, um, yeah, working through that was pretty horrific for me, but um, it was also the definitely the best thing that's mm-hmm. ever happened to me because it backed me into a corner <laughs> where I had to humble myself. I had to learn vulnerability. I had to learn to surrender to wholeness. Otherwise, this thing was going to eat me alive. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful that it backed me into a corner, because otherwise I would have just kept living in my f- fantasy land that I had everything in my life covered and I could keep living through the head and find fulfillment through acquiring things and achieving things and mm. and once again nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just what I was thinking was my purpose, and so yeah, I think it brought me back to my true self, definitely. Yeah. And it's it sounds like that acute discomfort was leading on to the pleasure in in the in the chronic term, so long term. You know, you, you went through that bad period mm. and you went through that bad experience, but you had to go through it and you had to go through that bad week of not sleeping <coughs> to then benefit from it long term. Exactly. Exactly, because you you do start realizing that this temporary relief I keep choosing is and that could be the same as stopping alcohol. <clears throat> totally. Same yep. as stopping sugar. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially the sugar that's uh, mm-hmm. man-made and not natural yep. from, from foods. But yeah. also, like, I had to work through the th- through my fears. What were my fears of... Like, what, were, what was I afraid of mm. each night? Why was I afraid of being on my own? Why, was, why did I have to sedate myself? What was I truly afraid of? And where did that fear originate? Where did that come from? And how do I go back there and how do I readdress that and bring that back up within myself and reintegrate that back into myself and calm that part of my nervous system down and allow myself to realize that I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, you know. And I need, I needed some, I needed therapy for that. I did. I needed some professional support because I couldn't do that on my own. And so, um, yeah, it's... Uh, but I really, I truly do believe that that addiction was my soul crying out for some recognition. Yeah. It was possibly a contract I signed before I came here of saying, if I get too disconnected from who I really am and I get caught up in the ego and the and my head, give me this addiction, and that'll. If it doesn't kill me, <laughs> yeah, it'll bring me back to wholeness. Yeah, it'll teach me the lesson. But I need that because. I need to learn. And yeah. yeah, and you'll learn from it totally and you'll feed back you'll feed that learning back to your soul. Yeah. Which is, you know, a YouTube channel I've just created recently, I've called it Soul Growth because and I talk about this in a video I did titled Forgiving Ourselves and Letting Go of the Past, where I talk about let's say and people might have different beliefs around this, some people might not believe they're a soul, but whatever. But I've got a strong feeling within myself that I am much more than just this physical body. Um that from a soul perspective, you know, if you come from this realm of oneness, of this realm of ultimate connection, of ultimate higher awareness, of understanding everything instantly beyond beyond linear time, how much could you learn from that realm? Possibly not so much. There's not so much growth that could come from that realm. This is only this me hypothesizing, by the way. I, I don't know <laughs> for sure. But the um, I would... 
I would guess that if you really wanted to learn, you would choose to go into the realm of duality of the physical world, of, of, of fear and anxiety and confusion, things you've never experienced before, challenges, hardships, suffering, evil, darkness, all these things that exist in this realm that we have to face and all the while learning to trust yourself and connect back to your soul essence whilst under this intense pressure. Damn, that sounds like a good soul school to me. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like if I could create a video game for myself to learn in, I wouldn't I couldn't create anything better than that. Yeah. So the way I look at it is like we're here to learn. We're here to feedback learning to our souls so that, that when we you know, this suffering the things that we go through that there shouldn't be any judgment. We've signed up for this. We want this, possibly. You know, we we uh, we're learning massively from this, and so that's the way I look at it. And I find that when I take that perspective, a big wave of calm comes over me. A big wave of like, oh, this is all perfect. No, I'm perfect. All my flaws, all my darkness. You're perfect, and that's um, it's a really nice way to look at it. But perfect, but also. We don't want to, you know, we want to keep working through yeah. our, our stuff. Keep growing. Yeah, keep, keep growing. Yeah. 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 Leads back to surrendering. It always does. Yeah. You'll be in peace. But it, but it, I think it does need, it, it does always come back to surrender. Yeah. But also, I think it needs to be elaborated on a lot because yeah. surrender is a word that's just thrown around yeah. a lot. It's kind of like love. It's just used yeah. a lot. Um, and so, do people truly know what it means? Like, fully understand it. So... Yeah, that's what that's what we plan to do with um, seeds of awareness. Is to see if we can help bring a bit more awareness to this stuff. Mm. And what does it mean to you to be conscious? <clears throat> um, for me, consciousness and and higher awareness is there waiting for us in the body. Like this whole idea that we've got to keep learning more stuff, read more books. <laughs> It's all great. I love reading. I love learning. But it's all there in our body. Everything. It's all there. The knowing. And like, that's that's this um this book, Original Wisdom. It talks about these native cultures, the way humans used to exist. We used to just know what to do. And, and I think everyone's experienced that where we have this knowing intelligence inside us where we just know something about what direction we should take or about something about who we are or anything and i think that consciousness is about connecting back into that knowing intelligence that it's it's our body that's attuned to the present moment attuned to the energies all around us connected deeply to nature to this planet to the universe and receiving all the information from the universe and that's what like the where i do like really love the work of greg braden who wrote a book called The Divine Matrix. And I don't agree with everything Greg Braden says, but I love this book in particular. And he talks about how we're surrounded. Every There's no such thing as empty space. Quantum physics is showing there is no such thing as empty face, space. Everything is filled with energy. And that energy is, is electromagnetic and it carries information. And that heart math have actually found that our hearts emanate an electromagnetic field exactly the same shape as the Earth's electromagnetic field, the one that creates the northern lights. And that our electromagnetic fields, when we, you know, they've measured that they go, they span out to six feet from our bodies, but they don't, that's as far as they can measure. They could go kilometers, we don't know. So my electromagnetic field 
is speaking to yours right now. It's transferring information on unseen levels, and we're speaking to the Earth's electromagnetic field, and it's all sharing information. This is how birds know how to fly millions of, not millions, thousands of kilometers to one specific place to feed. It's how whales know how to migrate from up north Queensland to Antarctica every year to feed at the exact point of time. It's how spiders know how to build this ridiculously complex web, and they never went to... Spider web engineering school. <laughs> web school. They yeah. never went to web. So I don't see a spider mum teaching its kid how to build a web. It's yeah. It knows. Yeah. It's all the all you look at nature. It's ridiculous what they know how to do. How does a tree know how to create fruit that is the most perfectly packaged nutrition for an animal to come along and eat it and love it and spread the seeds of that tree further along the forest floor? It's it's an it's a astounding intelligence. It's it's ridiculous. And the sacred, sacred geometry that exists in nature, and and what we re- what we've forgotten is we have that knowing intelligence inside of us. How does our body, for example, know how to st- how to grow from a single microscopic cell into a conglomeration of a hundred trillion cells that can walk, talk, breathe, digest, eliminate toxins, all, all these things? Function. How? Yeah. How does it know? Everything in its in its <laughs> perfect place. Yeah. To work. Perfect. That and and so this knowing intelligence. Your cells know what to do, which means you know what to do. But we've disconnected from that knowing intelligence. And um, so, what was the original question again? <laughs> what, is it, what does it mean to be conscious to you? Yeah. So that's 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 what it is. Is this this knowing intelligence that, ex- that is in front of our faces everywhere in nature, from plant life to animal life to insect life to bird life to whatever, fish life, everything is within us as well and we just need to surrender to it to connect back into that knowing intelligence and sincerely ask life to help us reveal to us anything that's blocking our access to that and to help us clear it and that we'll be there we'll be there ready showing up for work with complete humbleness complete authenticity and openness to change and that brings you back to not learned knowledge that you've learned through a book or whatever through through this knowing intelligence that's that's what i wanted to finish off with yeah that that divine matrix book so these these electromagnetic fields are constantly communicating to each other to each other and they communicate however through they what they do is they translate the the messages the information that's coming from our hearts our feeling that they translate the feeling that's coming from us so we can be communicating fear to people and all these sort of things or we can be communicating love to people and this actually is much more of a powerful communication than um words like we look at animals and we're like oh they don't talk to each other they're not intelligent and all this sort of thing they don't build buildings and <laughs> They don't need to. <laughs> They're talking on a whole different level. They're connected to their knowing intelligence. And so I would think consciousness is coming back to that, yep. aligning with it. Awesome. Love that. And how do you think raising consciousness and awareness amongst self will benefit the community? Well, it, it all ties in together. Like when we work on ourselves and we allow ourselves to operate through life in a more connected and surrendered state, we're communicating that connected and surrendered state to other people just through our presence alone, just through our electromagnetic field that we're emanating from our body alone. You don't have to say a word. And that's why like people who, you know, it's not 
the path I want to take, but people who, you know, maybe Buddhist monk or someone who meditates their whole life up in a mountain, people think, oh, what's the point? They're doing nothing. Well, from your perspective, they're doing nothing. From their perspective, you may have no idea the electromagnetic pulses they're sending out onto this planet that could be planting seeds in your field that you're not even aware of. And these cultures are connected into that stuff. Like they, that's why they're so big on the prayer and the chanting and the, the all those sort of things because it's their way of creating the frequency that they're sending out from their bodies into the universe. And so, um, you know, we w- what we're communicating through our self-work, through clearing away the stuff that allows our heart to open up, and that's what I, I believe that when we connect, when we marry the inner male consciousness to the inner female aspect of consciousness they come together and they create this like inner warrior because you've got the strength you've got the male brings the determination and the structure and the strength and the focus and the 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 you know the willful doing but you've got the female who brings the who softens him with sensitivity and the and the um and the connectedness and the wholeness and the intuition yep. so the beautiful balance so that when that beautiful balance occurs within us it creates this foundation that the heart can begin opening up as well and the heart is like what powers us with the love and compassion and fills us with energy and connects us so it truly it really does start with the inner work on ourselves and yep. then you're even not through speaking just being you um, can pr- plant powerful seeds with other people just through your presence alone. And it could be like people got this, you know, we bind to this delusion that we have to do great things. We have to become like a guru or we have to do all these things to make an impact. It's like, no, you, the girl serving, um, you know, the girl serving us down at the local um, supermarket could have just an impact on the hundreds of people she served every day just through her presence alone. Yeah than someone speaking, you know, on a stage. It doesn't like it doesn't matter what we're doing. It's just a matter it matters who we are and what we're emanating. Yeah. And I think that a, a message I keep getting from what you've been saying the whole podcast is focus on working on that inner self because the external stuff we can't control. And by doing that it will affect and will bring us progression in life to then deal with what happens in the external world. Totally, yeah, but a, but a mixture of both. Like you know, we it's when we feel called to get active in something, do it, go for it, absolutely. Whatever aligns with you, whatever brings yeah. you joy, like go go get a, go get involved. That's yeah. important. But we we're, we're getting involved. We're too far involved. Yeah, <laughs> we're like too far. Like if we replace this president, if we do this, if we fix that system, everything will be fixed. And it's like yeah, get involved, but also understand that there's this primary wound that's crying out for attention within yourself and sometimes you do need to take some time off to focus on that i personally when i started becoming aware about this within myself and realizing how much i was distracting myself i had to stop everything that i was doing for about and you were eight doing months a lot i was doing a lot yeah i was running a business health retreats um and a lot of people were confused by it they didn't yeah. understand what i was doing and i couldn't explain it yeah. Because, like, I can't sit people down and be like, okay, so what I'm doing right now is working on this primary wound. Like, yeah. part of me, I didn't even really know. I was still trying to yeah. discover stuff out myself and still am. So, you've got to sit through that. That's where you've got to trust your inner guidance because I knew within myself, I need this time off. 
and I need to go live in this other area of the world and I need to release myself from certain responsibilities that are stopping me from I was playing footy I had you know I knew I had to stop footy and a lot of people didn't understand and it's confusing because from their framework oh, what you've got every, why you've got all these things going so well like why would you stop that that's that's the dream yeah. <laughs> that's what we're all after what about your security yeah. well how about fuck all that yeah <laughs> I've got this calling from my soul that's telling me that I need some time off yeah. and I'm gonna honor it and it, when you do that, when you honor it, even though it defies the logic of the head, which we're conditioned to, try, which we're conditioned to bloody obey, it, is that it is amazing where it leads you. Amazing what it opens up to you. Incredible. And that's where, like, that's where people say, "Where do you begin?" Well, connect into yourself. What's your soul asking for? And honor it. Yeah. As as much fear as it brings up, as much logic as it is it doesn't you know align with don't worry about all that and you might have people criticize you you might have friends and family say you've gone crazy (laughs) you've got to block all that out so um yeah it's that balance and listening to yourself if you've got and you might and i've you know i might have a period soon where i want to be even more active like in in external things and, and if that feels right i'll go with it just go with that flow there's no right or wrong but there's only listening to yourself or yeah. not listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. And where can people connect with you more and find out more yep. about all this stuff? So we've got seedsofawareness.com.au, yep. um, which people um, can subscribe to and newsletter to get sort of regular updates and stuff. I've just started up a YouTube channel called uh, Soul Growth. I've got a series that I'm calling Soul Growth and a series I'm, I'm calling Vibrant Health because I still am really passionate about health and nutrition and stuff like that, but I want to tie it into this bigger picture. Yep. Um, and also, I am about to start a podcast um, very much inspired by your good self, Carlo. <laughs> um, it's a way to hopefully reach more people and I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to call that Seeds of Awareness as well. Yeah, excellent. And I'll provide all the... The links to all of that in the show notes um, so that you can connect directly to them and also the references from the books that you've spoken about as well. There's going to be quite a few, so it's going to be a long show. Yeah, well, I've got, I think I've got nearly every book I would have mentioned on the resources page on my website. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I've got got everything everything that's basically influenced me I've listed and got links to on our website as well. Excellent. Well, just want to finish up with acknowledging you for all the work you've been doing in yourself but then for other people because you were a massive influence in my life at that stage where I was only 19 and you did play a role in my life in showing me proper nutrition but then also opening my mind to other things and 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 believing different things but then also accepting different things in my life so thank you so much thanks for opening up and for spending some time with me in uh, in Byron and can't wait hopefully get to do it again soon Absolute pleasure, bro. Uh, absolute <laughs> pleasure, bro. <laughs> no, seriously, it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, I love what you're doing, mate. Like, it, you're showing, you know, at 23, like, it's uh, this love that you're wanting to delve into these things and talk about these things, and um, I think you're going to make a massive impact, and I, I really appreciate the conversation. It's been a, been a real joy. Planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. All right. Take care, guys. Peace. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on our conversation. Hopefully you got some insights and values to raise your awareness. If you like the podcast, please like, share on social media, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. I would really appreciate it. You can also keep up to date on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, Both handles are at 
The Conscious Podcast, and also my personal account, which is at Carlo underscore Cirillo. Until next time, take care and be nice.